Tanya from the twelfth of Ada Rishon. First story. The there was a man that had gone um, crazy in a particular set, a particular town, and part of his delusion was he believed that he had discovered who was Mashiach and who was Eliyahu Navi, and he dis, he dis, discovered that one of the officers of the army was Eliyahu Navi, and the governor of that particular city was the Mashiach, and he was walking around telling everyone his theories and his family didn't know what to do because he was he was really unhinged at the same time he he wasn't going to stop he had to tell everyone the amazing news of what he discovered and they didn't know what to do and at one point they said we have a good idea we'll bring him to a simcha and maybe he'll be able to to work something out or to, to to make it stop and so they brought him, they brought him along. And he came along. And just as he walked into the room of Simchabunim, he screamed out, he said, Reb, I have good news. Eliyahu, Navi, and Mashiach, they both live in my city. So Reb said, Who are they? And he said, One is the is the military commander, the other one's the governor. And so Reb says, So who am I? And he says, Well, of course, you're the Rebbe. So he, so he said, Is it possible that the Mashiach? And Eliyahu and Navi live in your city, and I, a Rebbe, don't know about it? Man realized oh, that's a problem. He said, oh, you know, but you aren't telling anybody about it. But you know, obviously, you know, you're a Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, you know what, be like me. Don't tell anyone else about it as well. And the man went home and didn't tell anyone about it. And at some point, he came to his senses and realized, you know, he, he came to his senses, he actually got healthy. And, you know, of course, he realized that he was unhealthy before. It's, it's a, it's a, a shift between a regular person and a tzaddik, and the Tanya embraces that difference. The Tanya appreciates that a tzaddik and a regular person live a different life. And for a person to try implement the tactic using the Tanya, the Alter Rebbe caters it to a person that's a Benani, ideally, that has his identity, his core identity, wired different than a tzaddik. A tzaddik's identity is his godly soul, as we spoke yesterday. A regular person's identity is his animalistic soul. And it's tragic. But this also gives a touch of an edge to the Bainani, which means when he wants to break down his evil, he's actually able to tear himself down because he is the, his identity of his animalistic soul. It's, it's, it's an interesting situation. And again, just to give the same um, disclaimer that we've given a few times, and we're going to give as this topic progresses, a person has to be very careful when tearing themselves down. Nowadays, in the times right before Mashiach, people are not don't have the capacity to tear themselves down, which means if a person is not able to implement this with ultimate sense of joy throughout, it's questionable whether he should do a tearing down of, him, of his own psyche. The Im When a person realizes that he's, he is actually his animalistic soul, he is very far away from Hashem. He, as his animalistic soul, his ego-driven, his selfish being, wants to go after what he wants, forbidden things. Because he's a Benini, he doesn't actually want to do them. He has this thought, I do be so wonderful to have this particular Avera. And then he doesn't actually think it to practically do it because he doesn't, his thoughts, speech, and actions in line with what God wants. But what happens is that this sin, he doesn't want to do it because he wants to be in control and he wants to be in the driver's seat. But it's not disgusting for him. A tzaddik going against God is, is devastating. It's disgusting. It's, it's filthy. For the Benini, 
No, I don't want to do it because this is what God doesn't want. God, God wants me to do. Does he find it revolting? No. Does he throw up at the thought of doing it? No. This is a core difference between the Bain and the And because he has this design, it's not too disgusting for him to go against God's will. He's worse than the animals and creatures and insects and reptiles, etc., like we mentioned earlier on, because they only want to do what God wants. This person doesn't find it devastating and disgusting to go against God's will. Animals on the hand would never go against, uh, against God's will. They're doing exactly God's will continuously. Like it's written, I'm like a worm and not a man. Dominic Amalekh is talking, and he's saying for the on behalf of the human species, we're lower than a worm, because a worm continuously only wants to go in line with what God means and what God wants. And human beings, on the other hand, don't find it devastating or disgusting or filthy or horrible to go not in line. And even if we don't act accordingly, nonetheless, it's not horrible for us, the thought of going against God. Now, a person, when they, when they appreciate that and realize that and start to have an honest accounting with themselves on that line, they can start realizing that they're not such a great entity after all. And that realization could humble them and hopefully break the coarseness and the desensitivity that is making them not feel godliness, not think godliness in an effective way. That's very tiny. Now, the altar has a, a, a brackets. And this brackets is saying, wait a second, but the Bainini has his good moments. When the Bainini is praying, uh, isn't that moment like, like a tzaddik-like experience? That's the altar of his question. The altar is going to answer it as well over the, over, in today's on you. The Gavakish in chapter 13, we talked about this, this spectrum of truth, that just because something is true doesn't mean that it's absolutely true on all levels. In its own paradigm, in its own construct, it might be true, but when you look in a larger picture or you compare it to a higher level, it might not be true. The Bainini has a very truthful experience when he is praying and he's having a tzaddik-like experience, but says Al-Tarebbe, don't get carried away in thinking that this is really a tzaddik experience. It's not a tzaddik experience. And the proof of, the proof of it is that the tzaddik, the Bainini has this wild experience. He connects to God like a tzaddik-like, let's call it, experience, but then it's done. And when it's done, it doesn't continue. And he goes about his day dealing with all the struggles and limitations that the Bainini has to deal with which is proof that even his prayer was missing something. And yes, it's, it's truthful for him because that's the best he could reach. And that's beautiful and wonderful for him. And God loves us. At the same time, to say that it's a pure tzaddik-like experience when the Bainani prays, no. Because if it was, it would carry on. And truth carries on. So, I was saying that, yes, the Bainini can find a way to humble himself. If he's finding himself in a moment of desensitivity and he just can't break out of this funk, he's trying to feel something and it's not feeling, what he could do is he could have a real moment with himself and realize and appreciate that he's even lower than the worst of the creatures because he has not a, he doesn't have a repulsion against doing what God wants and they'll never do against what God wants. And that realization will start to shake him up and make him feel a, a sensitivity again because it's a humbling experience. It breaks that coarseness that's over him and stopping him from, from feeling things. Thank you so much for joining the Tiny Tiny Daniel and Have a wonderful and very successful day. And thank you so much for joining.